what's cooking up in the kitchen? Am I smelling that soul food? Oh yes, it is soul food. The spiritual food for your spiritual nourishment. And you know what? This food will never expire. Never expire? I need this food every day. You are listening to these spiritual-based podcasts. There are many podcasts, but this one here is to satisfy your soul, to feed your spiritual hunger. Are you hungry for God? Don't let your soul be hungry. No matter where you are, whatever you are doing now, at work, home, or on the go, you can still listen here and right now the uh, Soul Food Podcast. Don't let ever your soul to go hungry. It's, It's time, time for, for some Soul Food. food. That's my message. You are not alone, and wherever you are, I always say there is hope, there is help, there is a way out for you. Hope, help, and a way out. As I promised to you, I have here uh, Devont and David. Yes, sir. Didi. <laughs> Devont and David, both of them, Uh, will share their story for the young folks over there and also for the parents. You are a mother, a father of young men and women out there, young girls and boys. There is nothing much that you can do. But today, I have these two gentlemen by my side. They are going to share their story and together, We are going to pray for your children. So, Devont, David, when we say YOLO, which means you only live once. Have you ever been at the edge of death? Yes, sir. Many times, and I actually got shot, Bishop. I got shot, and it was, like, unexpected. And I never thought, like, I would get shot. That was one of, like, my biggest fears that... Now, I never want to get shot. I want it to be untouchable. So when it happened, it really shook me. So when you say YOLO, you only live once, you only have one life, and you almost lost it. Almost lost it. That's when I really realized that, man, like what I was doing, like living fast, living that lifestyle that I really had to like, like wake up. Because I came to a point when I got shot, I got shot by somebody I thought that had my back. That was my partner. But they, they wasn't even my partner or anything. So when it happened, it like it really it really took me by surprise. So we talk about backstab, so he shot back, you. Backstab <laughs> so backstab. You, you thought he had your back, he had your back to shoot, shoot you. Me. Yeah. David, you only live once. Have you ever been at the edge of death? To be honest, Bishop, a bunch of times. There was one time I had a nine pulled on me, nine millimeter, for those that don't know what that is. I was actually taking out the trash, and because I was involved in gangs, had my partners, and I lived like right in the middle of two hoods, then they caught me slipping, like we call it, Bishop. And when they caught me slipping, they pulled a nine out on me, caught me in the back of my building. It was three dudes against me. Had to fight for my life, and at that point, it was either, it was either me or them. And then, of course, another time, had a shotgun, double-barrel shotgun pulled up on me because I was dressed like somebody else. Because from my hood, we wear white ups, white t-shirt, and like army fatigue shorts. That's how I used to dress, me and just about everybody. 
So my partners, my homies got into an argument with somebody and then I happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time and then they pulled out the double barrel, shot at me, but I mean, thank God it missed. Okay, so Devont, you said fast life. Tell us about this fast life. Yes, sir. So like I grew up around uh, a lot of drugs in my house. My mom used to date a lot of drug dealers. A lot of my uncles, they all pushed dope. So I grew up around a lot of guns in the house, money. You know, everybody used to be in the house dressed up in like all black and everything like that. So that's the type of stuff I uh, grew up seeing. We have here on our uh, app, Bando, um, we have this episode that is called Product of the Hood. That's, that's, what a, that's a fact, Bishop. That's so fact. you both are product yes, of sir. The neighborhood. And I mean, I found out that for me, it started with watching movies. I would watch a lot of movies in my house, like movies like about drugs, movies about having a lot of money, having women, living a fast life. And I would see like, all right, listen, that seems a lot easier than going to school. That seems a lot easier than working. I'm not going to work a nine to five if I can get a couple of thousand off a couple packs. So I'm like, all right, I'd rather live a life like a movie than to actually go out there bust my butt, my behind, and, and actually work. And of course, my uncle as well put me on to the drug life because he was in the gang, he was in the Bloods. So he was a five-star general in the Bloods. He was like top rank. So because I was like his little homie, he was like my OG. So because he was my OG, he pushed, he pushed work on me already. And he's like, all right, go get that. I used to move packs here, there, just drop off this, drop off that, make a couple hundred dollars just from dropping off, dropping off a bag to, dropping off a bag to Tito. A guy named Tito, a guy named Ricky, dropping off a bag to them. Don't look in the bag, just drop it off, I'll give you 500. So for me, it was like, all right, I'd rather be a product of my hood and make some fast money than to be like these dudes I used to call cornballs, going to school, going to work. I'd rather get money the quickest way I know. So uh, uh, you said you were raised among uh, drug dealers. Yes, sir. Tell me about your father and mother. Yes, sir. So my mom, she had me when she was 16. My mom was actually involved in that lifestyle. That's, that's where it all came from. My mom was like involved in that lifestyle. Uh, she was in a gang. So she had a reputation, like what she was, and like everyone that knew her, they knew her kids. So I was like this, this, this bad little boy, always getting in trouble. I never used to like hang with like old, like younger people. I always hung up with older people. And they would take me everywhere with them, you know? So I was seeing what they was doing which like when I was five years old, it led me to go with them and end up trying to practice what they were doing. So I went with them while they went to do a robbery and me myself, while they robbed in the store, me, I'm a kid. So I start seeing like the cap guns, you know, and start putting everything, you know, in my pants and trying to do what they, what they was doing. So I did my first actual robbery. The police took me home. And then from there, it just was like, I was always how, in trouble. How old were you? I was five years old, Bishop. Five years old. Five years old. The first robbery. My first robbery. Five years old. Five years old. Bishop. And the police took you home. They took me home to my mom. What'd she say? She was, she didn't really say that because that's how she used to raise me to be this tough person. Like as I grew up, Bishop, if I didn't fight or if I didn't defend myself or did anything like that, it was over with for me. And you know, Bishop, it's like, if your mom is doing it, it's like, your mom is going to want you to do it. It's like nowadays, exactly. for example, you have your kids, your, your son and your daughter. The good things that you did, you want them to do, so you support them to do it. But when you have a mother, you have a father that's in that lifestyle, it's like, all right, if you don't fight, if, you don't, if somebody hits you and you don't hit them back, or if you're not the bully in your class, or you're not making fun of people, listen, you ain't going to get love at home. So there are many people in prison. Actually, they grew old in prison. Some had 
a stable family, good family, but majority of them dysfunctional families. As I say, they saw the bad examples from their parents. And now they are uh, uh, serving time in prison. You are telling me that you are a money lover. Oh, big time money lover, Bishop. First of all, I used to like a lot of girls. And I knew, in my hood, I would know. You can't have a girl if you don't have money. That's like rule number one. If you want to have ladies, you got to have money. And apart from that, I grew up in a single parent household. My mother was raising me. She was raising my little brother. And my dad wasn't there. And my father, my brother's father wasn't there. So I felt like I was the man of the house. And no man wants to see their mother struggle. My mother was working three jobs. My mother was like busting her neck, like breaking her neck basically in order to like put clothes on my back. But even though she was working three jobs, it still wasn't enough to provide good clothes for me and good clothes for my brother. Where are you from? I'm from the hood, bitch. I'm from the Bronx. The Bronx. The Bronx. Yeah. The Bronx. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, your mom was struggling. You have to make money. What did you do to make this fast money? Well, it started, Bishop, I was nine years old, and we had a, a bowling, like a bowling trip when I was nine years old. And I saw that my teacher was collecting like $30, $40 from each student to go on a trip. So I'm really good with math. So I multiplied the fact that it was about 30 kids in the class, $30 each. That's a good grip of money. So I'm like, all right. So I waited till the teacher left the school and they were about to get on the bus. And I went back upstairs. I told my teacher I had to use the bathroom. And then I popped the lock of her classroom door, went in her purse, took the money. Later that day, of course, my mother found out and she was like hysterical. She was like, I'm not raising my son to be like this. But I saw how fast that money came to my hands. I'm sorry, how old were you? I was nine years old. Okay, Devonte was five years old, the first robbery, and David was uh, nine years old. We are talking about spiritual problem. Spiritual problem is an evil spirit. Usually a child wants to play, to have fun, not to steal, to kill and destroy. You are now listening to Soul Food Podcast with Bishop Joshua. We'll be right back. Scripture says, I'm going to read right here for you, that the thief, who is the thief? 
Satan. The thief does not come except to steal. That's why five years old stealing. Nine years old stealing. To steal and to kill and to destroy. So I guess that because of your bad decisions, actions, many people around you suffered. They did. Many people around you were destroyed. They, yes, they were. You never told them about your daddy. Yes, sir. I, I actually never grew up with my dad, Bishop. I never. never? Never met my dad. Never met my dad. My dad used to be like a womanizer, so he used to mess with a, a lot of women and stuff like that. And one day he was messing with the wrong woman in a club or something, and they put something in his drink. And from that moment, Bishop, he went out of his mind. So I never grew up with my dad. The so first... somebody put something in his drink, yes, sir. and he became crazy. He became crazy. Lost his mind. Lost his mind, in and out of hospitals, everything. How old are you? I'm 23. You only saw him once? I never seen him. Oh, you never saw him? To this day. To this day. I only spoke to him. I only heard his voice. Mm-hmm. only heard his voice. Wow. So tell me about your mom, the life of your mom. Because you said he was humanizer. What about yeah. your mom? So my, my, mom, my mom was like, my mom was like a man, <laughs> a man and a woman. Because my mom was like tough. Like she never like, she never lost a fight. So everybody in like the hoods, they all knew her, they respected her. And I wanted to live up to that, Bishop. We was always known for like being a family that was together, that when we fought, we all- I'm sorry, up. you said she was, he was humanizing. She was a man and a woman. Like, I didn't get that. She was like a man and a woman at the same time. My she mom- had to like fill both, both shoes, right? Both shoes. So my mom did everything. Even to a point, Bishop, she became, you know, homosexual. You know, she got, she went to prison. She ended up becoming a uh, homosexual. How long was she in prison? I, it was a while because we got taken and even placed in a, in a system, foster care. So I went to foster care, started going to different group homes. And from there, I started fighting a lot, getting in trouble, getting expelled, always getting in, in tour with the law. And then from that, that's when things like really ticked off for me. The same, the, the same thing that I started with Bishop, when I left the system, I went back home when I was about like 13. It was still the same thing, but worse, worse. We have some pictures of uh, your past life because here we, we say what we mean, we mean what we say, right? Yes. So when we say that, come as you are, that was, how old were you back then? I was like, probably like 15 on that. 15? 15, yes. How many group homes? And that time I wasn't in the group homes, but I went in like over 18. And that time, Bishop, I used to be a jack boy. So I used to, like, I was known for like always being fresh. I was always the Jack boy. I used to rob people. You gotta, you, when you're a jack boy, you gotta run up on people. So that's what I used to do. I used to hit licks, rob drug dealers. I used to push pounds of weed, all that type of stuff like that. Because once, once you get that name, right, Devonta, you gotta live up to it. You gotta it's live like, up to it. People gonna start to test you. As we say in the hood, test your gangster. They gonna test if you're really about that life. And uh -huh. we, we had to put fear, Bishop. I was like this type of person, like, I had to put fear in people to let them know, listen, you're not gonna just walk over me. So I was known for that person just to put fear in everybody. Like in other hoods, everybody knew my name. You know, I used to put fear in people. The gang that I so was in. So they were, what, what were your nickname? My nickname, they used to call me Dirty Red. They used to call me Dirty Red. Because of the life you had. The life I had, everything. They all knew me by Dirty Red. And, and the us? Dollars. Dollars. Because I was after money, bitch. I was popping checks, hitting licks, uh, selling weed, selling We coke. have some pictures of you as well. Uh, David, so your past life, 
So you were the boy of the hood? I was, I was, bitch. I mean, I'm a little bit. So I had to prove myself a lot, probably my, more than this big <laughs> giant right here. But I had to prove myself a lot. I got into a lot of fights. Had to prove that my hand was, my hands worked, as we call it in the hood. Like, I wasn't afraid to fight nobody. I wasn't afraid I had heart. I remember it was one day that, I mean, I disrespected my mother a lot by selling drugs, bringing guns in our house, bringing girls in our house. But one rule I had was, you're not gonna disrespect my mother. So I remember it was one day I was with my mom and some older dude, he was talking out the side of his face. And I remember I was like, maybe like 16, 17. And I told him, yo, I'll crack your skull. I told him like, I'll crack your skull, you tripping. Like, you're not gonna disrespect my mom in front of me. And then at that point, the dude was like maybe 30, 31. But he was afraid of me, because he knew who I was, he knew what I was about, he heard about me. And he saw that I wasn't, I wasn't afraid to back down from him. And I mean, after that, it was like my, my credibility skyrocketed because it's like, all right, if I could step to somebody like that, if I could do that, and it's like, it's nothing that I'm not willing to do for, for those that I care about, and I'm not willing to allow anybody to, to take away my respect or to not fear me or not fear my name. So when you say you only live once, the only life you, you, you have, you almost lost it. Bishop, be honest about like, five, six times, some closer to death than others with the nine being pulled on me, the double barrel shotgun being pulled on me. But when I used to hoop for money, I used to play basketball for money because I'm pretty good. It was one time that I was You're in another. You're pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm Who told you this? I'm pretty decent, Bishop. He's <laughs> full of himself. I'm pretty, I'm pretty decent. <laughs> I, I done heard I'm pretty decent, Bishop. But it was one time I remember uh, that I was playing basketball in another hood, $500 a head, it's like $500 per person. And the game got real intense. It was like we were playing against another team and we was whooping them. Beat them like the first game. Then after that, they wanted to run it back. We in their hood, Bishop, so it's like, all right, y'all want to run it back, y'all run it back. And we played them again. And when we played them again, we lost. So we're like, all right, we're going to play y'all again. And then we like, all right, double or nothing, which means instead of 500 per head, it was 1,000 per person. And then the game got real intense. People was out there with their guns. And I remember I called one of my partners come down the street and he came down with a gun and everything got solid. But that partner that I'm talking about, that my homie, he was like one of the toughest guys I knew. But the following week right after that, he got killed. And then at that point, I was like, all right, listen, that could have been me. Because the same guy that I was running with, he got hit, he got clipped. They killed him like execution style. Yet you did not stop there. I didn't stop, Bishop. It was like I knew I should, but I didn't want to. Yes. Devont. Yes, sir. Uh, you said foster home. How many foster homes? How many parents? How many families? So, Bishop, I went into like over 18 homes. I was in and out of different boys' homes, uh, different homes with different families. And many times when I would go to like these families, they would mistreat me. The first family that I went to, I was about like about six years old. My sister had fell out the bed. She had a head damage, so they took us. So that's how it all started. But my first home, the family, Bishop, they used to abuse me, like beat me. I used to go to school like with bruises on me. The, the guy he used to like take plunger sticks, beat me, stanchion cords, lock me in the room, put me on rice, lock me in a shed. Like used to do all type of crazy stuff. And so when I was like in these group homes, I was always just angry because like I felt like I, they took everything from me. They took my mom. They took everything. And so I grew up always like fighting older people. I was suicidal. I started got, getting admitted to like different hospitals because I tried to kill myself. I wanted to kill people. And like being in a group home, I just felt like I had nobody but myself. And I was just going from many homes, group home to group homes, always going to different schools. In school, I used to always get in fights, like bloody fights. 
because I had anger issues. Bitch, I got expelled from middle school like three times. Uh, the first first time that I got expelled, I, I broke the uh, glass of the principal office. I broke the glass. I was just angry and I, I broke the glass. I was talking crazy to the principal. My friend, you were a real angel, no? Nah. <laughs> evil angel. <laughs> I was evil. I was, I'm going to be honest. I was always that quiet kid, but evil. Like but a, what people did not know was uh, your background. At all. Like the roots. No you were angry. You were fighting because of uh, the roots. Yes, sir. The same you, exactly. David. Exactly. Okay. Let us talk about the... Uh, lowest point of your life? Bishop, my lowest point in my life is was leading up to when I got shot. Because before that, Bishop, I was just robbing everybody. I was going crazy. Uh, and, that, and that time that, uh, when I was robbing everybody, my gang, we was taking over the city. So we was, everybody, we were supplying. So everybody, I was called the young boy. So everybody knew, knew me and the dudes I was rolling with. We was the young boys of the gang. So we were supplying the whole hood other drugs, everything. So I had to, you know, hold up to that. But at the same time, we had built a federal case. We was getting, you know, posted up on the block every day. They'll come, hack us up on the wall. They start kicking in the doors. They, they was building a federal case against us. So that was really when things really just start getting low because everybody got locked up at one point, Bishop. And I was left with everything. And in my mind, I'm like, listen, I can't fumble. I can't fumble the bag, Bishop. So I tried to, you know, do my own thing. I had some other little dudes I was running with. I put them on. We was, you know, hitting licks. We was even, like, planning to, like, rob rappers, like famous people. We start, because they used to drop their locations. So we start watching, like, to see what the famous people had to rob them. So it's like, I start getting deeper and deeper. Hold on for a second, guys. You have your son. You are in prison. You cannot help your son, your daughter, because they have this life, this fast life. We are going to pray in a few. I have here this cup of water. And I have a surprise for you. I have a surprise. You are going to be surprised in a few. Hey, look here. Hey, hey, please. Stop whatever you are doing. Do not pause your Tablets. Maybe somebody's calling you for what? Leave these people alone. As my mother used to say to me, mind your business. Forget about these people. I want you to stay here with me. Because this drama you see in this place, you see every day. People screaming, people shouting, gossiping. We see these cases every day. Stop here, right here. Stay with me on your tablet. Don't go anywhere. Because in a few, I am going to surprise you. I have a surprise for you today. Prepare a cup of water. If you have there in your cell, the picture of your son that is missing. Your daughter, you don't see them for a long time. You see my water? That's mine. I'm going to drink. I want you to prepare yours as well. Thank you for listening here on Soul Food Podcast. Stay tuned tomorrow to listen to part two of this interview with David Odom and Devante Fraser, including the prayer that will be made that you can't miss. Be blessed and share with others.
Thank you for listening in. That's all the soul food we have to share today. Stay tuned to the next episode on soul food and keep your notifications on. Share each episode with your friends and family to feed their souls. Give the food that lasts forever.